Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Get into it. Radio show starts now. The impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. He is the Secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, he's, he's super bad at his job. Super bad at his job. I mean, you've got the entire administration talking about how Joe Biden will shut down the border. If you just give him the authority, why won't you let Biden be Biden? He's done all he's ca- he possibly can. He even said so. With executive authority, or is there more you could do? What power? What power does he not have? What exactly is he discussing here when he says, give me the power? Why is it that the Democrats are somehow all of a sudden amazed that there's an issue at the border? Why? Because it's an election. Because they've had the crap kicked out of them for three years. Because they have absolutely nothing to bring to the table on the subject and no results. And one of the people clearly responsible for the lack of results is the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you, good to be a part of your day. The phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Find everything at TonyKatz.com and the live stream happening, whether you're on X, whether you're on Facebook, although Facebook, you know, it sucks. Uh, Tony Katz Radio, uh, you can like it. I don't, I don't mind. Uh, you can also find it on Rumble. And uh, on YouTube, LinkedIn uh, as well, this is the kind of stuff they talk about regarding the border. This is Congressman Dan Goldman, the same Dan Goldman who told you that the, the laptop of Hunter Biden was probably manipulated even though everything's been authenticated by everyone. He, as, as late as just a month ago, was telling you how things could be manipulated, and here he is now. Well, first of all, that's not how the law has ever been interpreted. And second of all, there is no room to detain everyone who comes over. The DHS would need significantly more funding in order to be able to even do that. And Democrats under President Biden uh, and over the last two Congresses have requested uh, from Republicans bipartisan agreement to add additional funding for the department. And the Republicans have rejected it. So they are creating a scenario here that is impossible to meet, that does not accurately reflect the law, and is being done purely for Donald Trump's political interests, because Donald Trump has been open, and many Republicans have said this, that he wants to run on the border in this election, and therefore he does not want the Republicans to solve the problems at the border through bipartisan legislation. To be clear, everyone's going to run on the border, and that's what Joe Biden's trying to do right now, that Republicans are intransigent. It was the House that brought you legislation over 200 days ago, and the Senate has not moved on it. But let's go back to Dan Goldman's nonsense first statement. It's not possible to house everybody at the border. It is if you don't let them cross. (sighs) See how easy that was? How am I not in charge of policy? You, get on the phone. Get me in charge of policy. You, get me a cheese sandwich. And the good cheese, none of that crap. I don't even know. I, I let people put in their own. I, I don't even know what good cheese would be. American's fine. Mustard or mayo, producer Jason. Uh, that would be mustard. That would be mustard. 
Uh, my, my East Coast is, is shining through right there. By the way, only a cheese sandwich? I know. And make it grilled! Don't use that panini machine, so help me God. What about the idea of just not letting people into the country? Now, is that a conversation of isolationism? No. What about remain in Mexico? What about the idea of figuring out somebody's status before entree into the nation? Where we simply say, well, you're in the country. We haven't figured it out yet, but here's a piece of paper. We'll see you in a court in five years. I'm sorry, did you say five years? Four or five years, yeah, you know, if we get to it. We're kind of busy, um, and, and, uh, and this is not our top priority. Well, you know, I saw some guys in the line behind me, and they were, they were some bad dudes. Oh, yeah? Huh. Yeah, so the paper says uh, four to five years, and uh, you be sure to check in. And that's, and that's what they do. That's what we do as a nation. What about not? What about remain in Mexico? The, the mythology of the statement from Dan Goldman goes along with his belief that somehow the laptop is still manipulated. And everything being about Trump, if the, if the Republicans had put forth something, as they did, I think it was House Bill 2, 264 days ago, I think it was. Uh, Representative Byron Donalds was talking about it. Um, that's just more proof that has nothing to do with Trump. This is just the talking point. Make it the talking point. Republicans bad, want problem at the border because Trump, and it, and it fits your, your fantasy, but doesn't fit reality. It's very important that we are people who are always engaged in the concept of reality. This is the chairman of the committee, Mark Green, that is marking up the bill regarding, or, or the, the, the um, call it resolution, regarding impeachment. Listen. Today is a grave day. We have not approached this day or this process lightly. Secretary Mayorkas' actions have forced our hand. We cannot allow this border crisis to continue. We cannot allow fentanyl to flood across our border, our criminals to waltz in undeterred. And we cannot allow a cabinet secretary with no regard for the separation of powers or the rule of law to remain in office. That is why today we present this committee with the articles of impeachment against Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. So it's an interesting question, the one that should be asked. I actually asked it of Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. I have that interview coming up for you. Is it logical to hold the secretary responsible for policy implemented by the president? If the president says do this and you're following the orders of of the president, how are you held responsible? Well, there's a, a question regarding whether or not you would consider those orders, policies, et cetera, to be lawful. I guess one could argue that you're engaging in something that is detrimental to the United States, therefore fits the concept of high crime misdemeanor, and therefore is impeachable, even if you're following the order of the president. Certainly uh, possible. Or is it that regardless of the president, there is through, oh, I don't know, a, a whisper, a nudge, a wink, wink, a say no more, um, the unwillingness to actually implement policy. Now, what's weird is when you talk to Border Patrol people, uh, I, I spoke with Chief Clem about this, a former uh, border sector, Yuma border sector chief. Uh, you see a lot of Mayorkas at the border and talking to members of Border Patrol. You do see that level of activity. But certainly, I, I would argue that when Mayorkas comes to D.C. and says, everything's fine, 
What what are you people talking about? Dear Lord. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. Well, that's not the case. That's lying. And lying is certainly a reason to have somebody removed. Now, uh, Congressman Banks got even more uh, aggressive than that, and I'll I'll let him share his words coming up in in just a little bit. Is this a fool's errand for the Republican Party? And the answer is no, absolutely not. Oh, holy hell no. No, it's not. To hold Mayorkas accountable for the failures at the border is to hold the Biden administration accountable for the failures at the border. This is good, and this fully explains in addition to the idea that there's an election ahead of us why it is the democrats are now so full force on the conversation of the border a conversation that they have ignored for three years why you get things like this from corinne jean pierre the white house press secretary so on the first day of his administration, the president took this very seriously. And when it came to immigration, when it came to uh, border security, he put forth a comprehensive piece of legislation. That was almost three years ago. If Congress, House Republicans didn't get in the way and they actually took action, we probably would be in a different place today. Now what we're seeing in Congress is in the Senate, Republicans and Democrats together are working towards a bipartisan deal, which is, by the way, what Americans want to see. Seventy-five percent of Americans want us to take action on immigration a broken system and immigration. You mean now? Now 75% of Americans want you to take action? What about two months ago, five months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago? How, how I could go back at least three years. Three years ago. Why all of a sudden now? Because it's an election. And all of a sudden now, because Mayorkas is in the hot seat. That he is. Mayorkas is in the hot seat. And that's valuable. But let us go back to now where they're now coming to. Joe Biden saying, give me the power. I'm begging for the power. Why won't they pass this bipartisan legislation? Well, Joe Biden said that if he had this power, he would close the border. He would shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Well, a, a keen, eagle-eyed White House reporter asked a question of Corinne Jean-Pierre, um, and I think it is the right question. It's the only question that those on the political left who have been screaming for open borders, like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and those who are members of the squad, um, it think it's the only question that them and their acolytes could possibly ask. Okay, Michael. Um, back in the winter of 2018 and the spring of 2019, President Trump vowed to shut down the border with Mexico, uh, using almost the identical language that the president used on Friday. Uh, many, many, if not most, if not practically all Democrats called that xenophobic and even racist. Why uh, shouldn't people make the same conclusion about this president's threat to shut down the entire border with Mexico? So we believe the new enforcement tools uh, that currently don't exist, that will be, uh, we believe that will be part of this bipartisan agreement, uh, will be fair. We believe it'll be, yes, it'll be tough, but it will be fair. But he didn't say he- so when, when Donald Trump does it, racism. But when you do it, see, see, it'll be fair because we're just nicer, better people. 
oh yeah, we're going to keep all those brown people from coming to the country, but it'll be fair. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't say anything. She's saying absolutely nothing. But wait till she does say something. Because this reporter's like, um, excuse me, that's, um, that's nuts. And she then gives up the entire game. Listen. He didn't say, I would, on, on day one, I will use enhanced enforcement to in, improve the processing of people at the border. He said, I will shut the border down, which, which suggests a, a total rejection of all people attempting to cross the border without, without a visa or without, without proper authorization, which, you know, stands in contravention to decades of international and U.S. law um, that, that governs the, the movement of people around the globe and the, and yeah. the refugees and asylum situ- system. Yeah, no, so I am, isn't that the same thing that Trump did? No, I understand your question. What I'm saying to you, the new enforcement tools, right, that we believe that do not currently exist, that will be part of this bipartisan agreement, there's, there, are different, there are different definitions, right, of what that looks like, of what actually uh, shutting down the border looks like, right? So we're- First things first, those tools do exist right now. That's a lie from Corinne Jean-Pierre. Number two, there are different ways to shut down a border. There are different definitions to shutting down a border. Holy crap, these people have absolutely no plan of shutting down the border at all. It's a lie. It's a lie when she says they don't have the tools. Of course they do. It's a lie when he says he's going to shut down the border. No, he won't. This is a lie. This is all a fraud. She just let you know. She told you. It can't be more clear. She could not, if she was holding a sign, she could not be more clear. There is no plan from the administration at any moment to shut down the border, to close it down, to make it safe for Americans, to make it safe for those who are in the country legally. There is zero plan except to blame Trump and try and win an election. That's all it is. And when you see it so plainly, so clearly, so obviously, you should say, wow, that's plain, clear, and obvious. Because it is. There is no plan from the Biden team at all to do anything about the border. This is about elections, and this is about the impeachment of Mayorkas, which, based on what you just heard from Corinne Jean-Pierre, this should have happened months ago. Will he get removed? I don't see it. But a boy can hope, can he? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Still nothing from Joe Biden regarding Iran. I'm sorry. I don't know how it's possible. I have no idea how it can be that the president has zero response. How is it possible that there has been no military response to the killing of three U.S. soldiers, the wounding of 40. How is it possible? 
And you also hear that families, the family members of, of those three that were killed, have not yet heard from the president. Now, that's not usually where I live and breathe uh, in, in, in the idea that he, he didn't reach out. You know, it's, it, that's, I don't know. It's, I, I'm focused on, on, on this response issue here. Um, I don't know what the rules are about the president contacting every single family that has lost a loved one in 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 military conflict. I'm I'm saying that I I don't know. I don't want to get I don't want to let him off the hook. I'm saying that I just need a, a something uh, a comparative piece that that I would need to work with in order for this to make sense. Um but what I can discuss with with clarity is that Iran murders three Americans and we do nothing. That's got to make Iran feel good. And we should also be clear that this idea that somehow there's nothing to be done because that would mean we're getting into another war and you're going to bring us forever wars and we can't have that. Sorry, not your guy. That is a that is a bad position and a valueless one. And I'm willing to debate that anywhere at any time. The question of whether or not, we, we discussed this yesterday, the question of whether or not we should have troops in an area that's a good question. That's a policy conversation. I'm down with that. We can then make a decision on that. But that is a separate conversation for what happens when a terrorist regime like Iran murders three of your soldiers. And if you tell me, well, you can't respond because that's, well, that, that's an escalation and that's going to be a forever war. Sorry, that's weak. That is weakness. It's weakness personified. It is not a virtue. It is not a value. It is a mistake, and it will be a more deadly one. Now, that's a conversation that's coming from uh, the political right, my people, my people, uh, that, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a mistake. The conversation comes from the political left. They want to talk about not engaging in escalation and being proportional. Uh, Andrew McCarthy has a very nice piece about this. The whole idea of proportionality is, well, you murdered three of ours, so we get to murder three of yours. That's not proportionality. Proportionality. You know, you can't go overboard. No, no, no. How do we ensure that this doesn't happen again? And if it takes doing X, making sure you do just X and not going and not exceeding that. So maybe in order to ensure that Iran doesn't kill three Americans, we have to kill 32,000 members of either the uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps or, or name another group. They have to go, and so does everybody in their family, and so do their freaking dry cleaners. They all got to go. Then you'd kill 32,000 of them because that's, that's the proportion you needed. That's the, what you needed to do to make sure it stops. I'm in the business of making sure it stops. Now, if you had strength, which Joe Biden doesn't have, you'd be in the business of making sure it doesn't start, which is, of course, the business America should be in. And in order to have a better chance at that business, you have to make sure it stops, which means a response that is forceful and reminds people that don't. Remember, Biden always said don't. That's not a, that's not a policy. Missiles might be. I'll debate this with anybody. Congressman Jim Banks joins us next. This is Tony Katz Today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com.
hearings of Alejandro Mayorkas going on. We have, well, Iran at war with us, as we keep discussing, even if we don't want to admit that we're at war with Iran. You don't have to admit it. They're going to keep engaging in attacks. I don't think this is is, is debate. And then, of course, uh, a southern border deal that doesn't seem to be in the offing, if it means, of course, you have to have a deal on Ukraine because, well, these things shouldn't be tied together. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Congressman Jim Banks joins us right now from the Indiana 3rd District. He is also a candidate for Senate Republican in the state of Indiana. The the impeachment hearings are going on right now. I'm going to start there of Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, the the one good question that gets asked when when you see this play out is if he's following the directive of the administration, how does one look to impeach him for not doing his job? Well, Tony, there are many reasons, and the the Mark Green articles of impeachment that they're debating and marking up in the Homeland Security Committee right now uh, today that we're going to vote on on the House floor, um, hopefully as early as next week lays out a number of reasons and, and examples of where Secretary Mayorkas has defied Congress. He lied under oath. He's aided and abetted an, a foreign invasion of our country, and he deserves to be impeached for that. So I, I fully support the measure, but I don't want to lose sight of the bigger issue, and that's that the president of the United States of America should be impeached for the exact same reason, 62, uh, Steve, my friend Stephen Miller laid out 62 examples of executive orders that Joe Biden has signed to open our border wide open and, uh, and, and, and do everything that he can to create the, the biggest humanitarian crisis in American history. We should be impeaching the president uh, at the same time as we impeach Secretary Mayorkas for all of the same reasons, not to mention the, the corruption, the the, the Biden family cartel activities with Hunter Biden and other members of the family making making money from our foreign adversaries off the back and relationship of their dad, the president of the United States. He should the president, Joe Biden, should be impeached because of the border situation alone, just just like we're going to impeach Secretary Mayorkas in the House in the coming weeks. But but allow me to, to just take it a, a step further uh, here regarding Secretary Mayorkas. Are there. You know, you talk about Mark Green. Mark Green is the chairman of, of the committee. And, and this is what Chairman Green had to say. Today is a grave day. We have not approached this day or this process lightly. Secretary Mayorkas's actions have forced our hand. We cannot allow this border crisis to continue. We cannot allow fentanyl to flood across our border, our criminals to waltz in undeterred. And we cannot allow a cabinet secretary with no regard for the separation of powers or the rule of law to remain in office. That is why today we present this committee with the articles of impeachment against Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. So what what Congressman Green is laying out there is, is rather strong, uh, discussing not only Mayorkas not doing his job, but violating the oath. Uh, are there specifics that you can dig into uh, about this actual the actual violation as opposed to just a failure to protect the border writ large? Yeah, well, I think that that in and of itself is is an example of him not keeping his oath. Uh, and and uh, upholding the Constitution of the United States, but but take for example, Tony, the over three hundred million dollars that that uh, Secretary Mayorkas has spent that was appropriated for FEMA to use uh, for disasters for the American people. That he's used that money instead to set up shelters 
in his efforts to aid and abet the foreign invasion of our country for illegals, for illegals coming into this country instead of American citizens. That's one big example. But he lied under oath about having uh, control of the border. It's obvious that that uh, he doesn't have operational control of the border. The Mexican drug cartels do, and they're flooding our country and killing uh, uh, thousands of Americans, fentanyl, the leading cause of death of Americans my age and your age, Tony, because of the wide open border, because of Secretary Mayorkas and President Biden's policies. So fully, fully support impeaching him. He deserves it. But I, I want to emphasize this again. The president deserves it even more. This is happening on his watch. There are policies that he signed into law through executive orders, defying the rule of law in this country and creating the, the biggest uh, crisis that our country has ever seen with a wide open southern border. Uh, but now all you hear is the Biden administration talking very, very tough uh, about the border. It's Republicans who are intransigent uh, about a border uh, security. And if you would just sign this legislation, well, then the president would have the ability to shut down the border. How have uh, Republicans in Congress responded to this? Well, m- most of us have responded with uh, ind- indignation and and. Uh, uh, quickly coming to our senses that this uh, deal coming out of the Senate that's negotiated by Democrats and they're, you know I know I know there are Republicans involved with it, but it's dead on arrival in the House. And Speaker Johnson has made that very very clear that the the negotiated deal in the Senate, uh, uh, Tony, would create a situation that's even worse with more illegals coming over our border than what than who are, than what are already coming over. And it's all about aid aid to Ukraine and. Um, other matters and matter. It, there's a lot less about that deal that would secure the border. But tough talk from this president and his administration uh, is uh, is pretty empty, and we all know that. Anything less than the House passed HR two, which ends uh, catch and release, it finishes construction of the border wall, and it goes back to the Trump era remain in Mexico policy. Anything short of that will not pass the House of Representatives on Speaker Mike Johnson's watch. Uh, as mo- as all- almost every Republican would vote against it. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, candidate for Senate in the state of Indiana. Uh, it was, of course, just the other day we learned that th- three U.S. service members were killed by Iran. This drone strike, the drone was not recognized as an enemy drone. They thought it was a U.S. or a friendly uh, drone, and they allowed it into the airspace uh, in this base uh, in Jordan Three service members killed. Uh, there is no response yet from the Biden I- I- administration. So a two-parter, I don't mean to throw two parts at you. Uh, how should the Biden administration be reacting? And what is the response to those on the political right uh, who say, well, the problem is, is that we have troops there in the first place. That's the issue. Well, um, uh, let me take the first part of that question. Uh, the the Biden administration's weak response to this already, I mean, a, a weak response of, of no response. Uh, just invites these types of activities to happen even more. We we lost three of our heroes, likely a, a Houthi uh, attack uh, by by a drone, um, which, by the way, has we haven't happened have American troops uh, killed by an aircraft in generations, and now it's happening all of a sudden because of the the weak posture that the Biden administration had in negotiating a new Iran deal with with. Uh, 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 when Biden came into office that that Trump killed and Biden tried to go back to that. We know that Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. And when you give them money and appease them, they give those resources to, to Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, who are 
likely responsible for this attack. So there should be hell to pay in an immediate fashion for anyone who kills American troops. And right right now you've seen the opposite. You, you continue to see the weak need uh, response from this administration. Now, what are troops doing in Jordan? Um, what are they doing in that part of the world? I mean, I, I don't know the classified nature of, of the operation there, but those the, the, obviously this is a hot spot in the world and it's becoming hotter by the day because of the weakness and appeasement of Joe Biden, which is whiplash compared to the peace through strength approach of the of the Trump presidency. Remember, I mean, uh, Putin didn't invade Ukraine on Donald Trump's watch. Uh, Donald Trump took out Soleimani. He killed the Iran nuclear deal. He had the maximum pressure campaign against Iran. He cut off the funding that they were giving to their their proxy groups. These types of activities weren't happening when, when Donald Trump was in office. They're happening at a large scale uh, with uh, with Joe Biden and these these uh, weak need uh, Democrats who are in charge of our foreign policy today. So I we have one year to get this guy out of out of office and stop the madness. The world is on fire because of Joe Biden, and uh, we need to rep- replace him with a strong American leader, go back to the Trump-era policies. In fact, put Donald Trump back in the White House, and you'll see peace through strength and swift responses to situations like these. You probably won't see situations like these because our enemies won't dare attack us because they know there'll be hell to pay. Well, it's clear that the uh, policy of don't didn't actually uh, do anything. But it's it's an important distinction, one that I've made, that the idea of policy of whether or not we should have troops in the area is different than whether or not we respond to the, to the killing of U.S. troops. And you're saying there should be a response from the federal government, from the United States, regarding the killing of U.S. soldiers. Without a doubt. And, and it, should, it should have happened already. And the fact that we've already missed that opportunity to swiftly respond troubles me deeply, Tony, and, it, and it, uh, it, it troubles me and concerns me because we're likely to see uh, heightened examples of, of just what happened over the weekend, the killing of three of our, our troops. Um, I, 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 hate, I hate to think about it, but if you, if you have a weak-kneed approach, you're going to see a lot more of those types of situations happen in the near future. Let me move the conversation a bit. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. He is a candidate for Senate in the state of Indiana as as well. This was the Washington Post. Uh, and and full disclosure, uh, uh, one of one of your comms people sent it over and said, did you see this? I get things from members uh, and teams all the time. Hey, check this out. Hey, talk about this. I thought this was interesting because this was talking about Where I live in Indiana, this is the Washington Post, tired of hostile Washington, China courts Indiana and Minnesota, and it states when mayors from cities including Carmel, Indiana and Oxford, Mississippi, went to China recently, they were feted in ways big and small and about test driving vehicles, uh, getting uh, royal treatment, enjoying some of uh, Mao Zedong's uh, favorite liquor, which is a certainly peculiar uh, thing to do. Uh, Carmel, Indiana is is where I live. That would be the former mayor, uh, Jim Brainerd, not the current mayor, Sue, Sue Finkham. Uh, but this conversation is about China not stopping in trying to curry favor. We have talked Confucius Institutes before. What we saw on college campuses in your work to have them removed. What does this piece in, in the Washington Post, what does this story say to you? And is there a place for Congress within it? Yeah, there there is. It's a deeply concerning story. I, 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 just before I hopped on this uh, uh, interview with you, Tony, I was in I was in a hearing at, with the China Select Committee that I'm a part of, and 
uh, Secretary Pompeo was testifying before us today. If you remember, when Secretary Pompeo was the Secretary of State, he warned our nation's governors about getting entangled with Chinese interests. You had, you had governors like our own who were traveling on so-called economic development missions in China and trying to lure business to the United States. Um, and, and Pompeo warned our governors about that. But this is this is an even con- more concerning story to me, because as as the Chinese figure out that they can't as, as Washington becomes more aware to the China threat. Now they're targeting our nation's mayors, including the former mayor of Carmel. He took this lavish. I mean, the, the Washington Post story is really alarming. It took this lavish trip uh, to China and on a on a on a mission. And, you know, sounds uh, it, it sounds like a really a really disturbing story. So what what Congress needs to do about it is crack down on these united front missions. Um, we've, we've taught you and I've talked before about the Confucius Institutes, but the sister cities program uh, that a lot of Indiana cities. And it and seems so incredibly innocuous. The whole idea of having a sister city in France or a sister city in Germany. Sometimes there's multiple sister cities, including sister cities in China. Yeah, the, the, the Chinese aren't uh, interested in having uh, the Mayor Carmel to come over just to hang out. Obviously, they have a a much greater interest in bringing mayors of thriving cities like Carmel. I mean, Carmel is a is a is a thriving city and they want that relationship. They want to leverage that relationship and manipulate that relationship for their own good. So Indiana cities need to drop their sister sister cities programs now. And I, I know with the new mayor of Carmel, I, I haven't spoken with her directly yet, but I'm, I'm a big fan. And I know she'll take this very seriously. The mayor of Fort Wayne has engaged in a sister cities program for a number of years. And I've warned the city of Fort Wayne that they should drop that program. A lot of cities around the country and in our state have this this Washington Post story. I hope everybody will take a look at it and read it. It's a warning shot that that uh, we need to take this more seriously as as China ramps up and amps up their interest in engaging with mayors because they realize that Washington has become more aware of their tactics, their espionage, their influence uh, programs through, through the United Front that we need to crack down on. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District running for Senate in Indiana on the Republican side. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. Joined the IRS for the specific purpose of exposing Donald Trump's tax return. That's what he did. He joined the IRS. This guy who worked at Booz Allen, his name's Charles Littlejohn. He wanted to put out Trump's tax returns. He got five years in prison. And I'm telling you, it ain't enough. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Check out the live stream wherever it is you see something stream, whether it's X, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Rumble. We are uh, on Rumble. It's a, it's a dang good platform. The judge in this case, Anna Reyes, said that this was, quote, an intolerable attack on our constitutional democracy. The press, uh, she states, uh, tells us democracy dies in darkness. It also dies in lawlessness. There are numerous lawful means to bring things to light. Trump was under no obligation to expose his returns. People could vote for someone else. They could run against him. Five years in prison. And I am here to tell you, you can quote me 
that when he is out and he'll have, you know, probation and he has to have a $5,000 fine, he is going to get a job from these leftists who look at him and say, way to take one for the team, kid. It's going to be like Mean Joe Green in the Coke commercial. Hey, kid, catch. But instead of a jersey, it's going to be a six-figure job offer. He's not going to get that? Or Are we actually debating this? Is this an argument? He's 100% getting this. Of course, they protect their own. You do whatever you have to do. The ends justify the means. Don't worry. When you get, you get pinched, everybody gets pinched. What are you going to do? What are you, Paulie, tell him you're going to get pinched? All of a sudden, I'm quoting Goodfellas like I'm Ray Liotta. Of course you get pinched, but, you know, you get out, and the next thing you know, you don't ride on your friends. Boom, bop, bip. Look, we're treating you nice, and don't worry. Don't worry. While you're in the clink, while you're in the can, while you're in the joint, while you're in the hooskow, we're going to take, take care of your mother. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Your mother's going to be good. She's going to eat good. We're going to get her a new TV, maybe a new couch. A new TV, new couch. She thinks she'd like a new couch. What? She want a chair? You want a chair and a couch? A chair and a couch. Why? She should sit over here. She can sit over there. Sit wherever she wants. That is coming. Guaranteed. It's not even a question. I don't know why we're debating it. Meanwhile, Joy Reid is the biggest racist in America. And that's saying something because the cast of MSNBC is fighting daily for this. Oh, and she's a fraud. The audio you have to hear, that is coming up. This is Tony Katz today.